Speaking the truth to the state capitol, this is Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Lincoln, all right, all right, all right. It is March 24th, Thursday, here in the capital city. We are going to have a talkative Thursday, which means call lines are open the entire show. What's on your mind, Lincoln, Lancaster County? I'm curious. Um, last week was a little bit of a letdown. Uh, the big topic with everything going on in the world was bike lanes. <laughs> but I am a man of my word, so uh, whatever you got for me on the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline, 402-479-1400. Uh, what are some topics out there that may have be of interest to you? I, I think always right now is the Fortenberry defense um, or trial, I should say. I say defense because I know the defense is currently, uh, uh, ah, whatever, in the lead. Got to get a lawyer to tell me what side is. Presenting their case, that's that's the correct word. So that, that may be of interest to some of you. If you listened to the show yesterday, um, we had uh, County Treasurer candidate Tracy Rafier on, and I opened my monologue just because kind of COVID and and where it went and my attempt at a public service announcement to talk about the hope and positivity of, you know, post COVID, but knowing that it's real and, you know, how we all can educate ourselves um, to be prepared as it no doubt is part of our uh, world now. Well, maybe that's still on your mind. I have seen um, that most, you know, most places around the nation are backing off of that. I see the uh, airline CEOs have asked uh, the White House to remove that federal travel ban, which, I mean, I, I just I just don't even know. I mean, when we talk the science uh, from the stuff I've looked at, especially with aircraft, uh, that's probably some of the best air you're ever going to breathe when you're on an aircraft uh, because of their filtration systems. But uh, Nonetheless, and I also don't think there's been any major COVID breakouts attributed to air travel or, you know, when people were on said plane. So maybe that's on your mind. One of the things that's on my mind, um, probably because I've covered uh, the federal rental assistance, uh, the governor has uh, made statements about it, obviously. We all know his stance. He was on this show recently and, and talked about it again, kind of. A little deeper on his rationale. And now I see the state legislature, you know, has really got into this too. And it's just difficult for me to recon- reconcile wh- why uh, they're spending that time doing that. Uh, other than if somebody were to say, well, it's just politics, uh, Commander, and, you know, they're playing Democrat versus Republican here. Um, because I, you know, I mean, listen, folks, Joe Biden is out there championing unemployment and all the jobs created, right? Joe Biden. I mean, the president is now saying how great our country is. And of course, we know that we have bounced back and handled COVID, you know, top 10 in the nation as a state of Nebraska. So maybe that's on your mind. One of the questions I had was I'm just thinking. With all this kind of crazy stuff, and I don't know how any one person could be an expert, so in a way, just like you, 
I have to rely on major media outlets and then, you know, kind of dig deeper on the Internet and you never know exactly. But, you know, with the Hunter Biden scandal, with the Russian collusion scandal, I think I saw President Trump is now suing. Um, Who do you trust anymore to, you know, be an unbiased institution in America? You know, do you trust the intelligence community, the FBI, you know, the military, uh, Secret Service? Like, from an institutional standpoint, I'm curious as to what you think or trust in some of our hopefully, hopefully unbiased institutions. But there's a lot of cracks in that. Election integrity, depending on uh, what level you're watching it. Um across the nation maybe for some of you that's kind of gone away you know uh, the thoughts about that based on the last couple of elections nationally uh, locally we've talked about different dynamics you know there's a big effort in the state to talk about that um, I know the Secretary of State Bob Evnen is constantly working that I mean with the not pressure but just the uh, the the fervor behind that nationally and stuff i'm sure the the secretary of state is a real hard job right now and um it, but yet he's working it and you know i see things coming out of wisconsin why do i pay attention to wisconsin well because there was again center for tech and civic life otherwise known as zuckerbucks um accepted in some of those counties uh, much like Lancaster County here. And, and no, you know, we're not the only two locations. There were other locations throughout our nation. And, you know, the information that has come out after the fact, at minimum, uh, depending on your area, um, creates public mistrust, you know, around that dynamic. I'm speaking particularly about Zuckerbucks. Generally, I've said I'm happy that the Supreme Court nomination, Katanji uh, Brown-Jackson, it's been decently civil. Um, I won't beat up too much the couldn't answer the question about the definition of a woman. But, you know, I, really? I mean, we can't, you can't provide that perspective. Uh, I just, it, it's funny to me, right, that... We can't answer that question. And we all know why, right? Because this is a hot topic around America. What is the definition of a woman and or a man? And several different groups, powerful groups, have several different answers on that. Um, I think it's a very fair question to ask a Supreme Court nominee. And I think it's fair that we get our answer, although we didn't get an answer, um, because clearly these type issues, uh, the definition of sex, uh, you know, is going to play out over the next decades. And, you know, that leads us to the fairness ordinance. So maybe that's another thing on your mind. I will say this. And I know he's the first caller, but I had planned to do this before in the monologue. Uh, use StarTran bus. StarTran is a good way to get around Lincoln. It's cheap. It cuts down on greenhouse gases, I think, or helps. And uh, it's a nice, affordable way to get around Lincoln to do what you got to do. Oh, well, let's go to caller one, Richard. Commander, thank you for having me on. 
You bet. Not only is StarTran cheap, but for the moment, it is fare-free. You can ride StarTran buses without paying any money. Well, that doesn't get any cheaper than that, does it, Richard? No, it doesn't, and that's going to continue at least through the 31st of August of this year, and we'll see where it goes from there. I was actually wondering about that. Thank you, Richard. Okay. Uh, The money that we are losing in not collecting fares is being made up from uh, COVID pandemic uh, relief funding. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, But today, rather than talk about transportation, I want to touch upon this subject area that you touched on, and that is the governor refusing to apply for federal funds to help people that are behind in their rent. Please. Uh, I, I think you need to listen to your own radio station because Chris Funk, who is the uh, executive director of the Center for People in Need, very clearly stated that there are still people that are struggling uh, they have rent they can't pay. They have utilities they can't pay. There is definitely a need for more funds. And this leads me to a concern I have, and that is that I don't think the state is well served when we have a millionaire like Pete Ricketts or even Jim Pillen or Mr. Herbster serving as governor because they are so out of touch with the way the common person lives, that they don't understand that there are people out there that are struggling and need help. And I just think the legislature, I applaud each member of the legislature that voted in favor of that bill to try to get the governor to get us some money. If if we don't get that money, it's just going to go to some other state and get spent someplace else, and we could use it here in Nebraska. Well, okay, Richard. Number one, I think that's the first time, and I have no problem with it, that you kind of uh, talked a little political about not only the sitting governor but potential candidates, um, and and you're totally entitled to that, right? I don't I don't mind that at all. I actually appreciate you kind of saying that. But I think the issue, right, is I don't buy the argument that. You know, it'll go to other states and they can use it and we could use it here. Meaning, while that seems like that's the way to do it, the states do have their own sovereignty. And we don't have to take federal money, you know, as a matter of course, just because it's available. And where on this argument with uh, Mr. Funk, I have no doubt that there are still people in need. As a matter of fact, you and I both know there's always people in need. The question is, is are we saying that we as a state can't meet that need for the near term? Because clearly this shouldn't be something with our bounce back from COVID, our unemployment rate, and, and clearly Joe Biden talking about national recovery, that people should need very much longer. And so why get the money that the governor clearly explained could be available for three years because we already have a lot of programs that people essentially get hand-me-outs for the government, and there is a lot of abuse in those programs. Uh, The abuse problem is an ongoing problem in any sort of a program. And uh, what you need is you just need tighter controls. But simply because there's a potential for abuse, doesn't necessarily mean that you don't have money and the program. And and my point is this. Uh, we do have people, and these people aren't necessarily bad people. 
poor people are not bad people. They are people who, because of their circumstances, uh, have gotten behind in their rent or in their utilities. And if we can get these people boosted up and get them back at work and we can get them earning and stabilized, it is for the benefit of everybody in the state of Nebraska. I don't disagree with that, but Richard, you're well well aware, as I am, that we have had unprecedented um, overtures and taxes in this state already over the last couple of years. Not to mention, I believe we're debating right now how to use already $1 billion in federal pandemic monies. So we have more money available probably per person than we ever have in this state. I don't understand why we have to take 120 million more as you know there are ways to legislate how art money and state money is found and so if my my contention is if there is a need right that we take care of that ourselves because we can so you know, but it, obviously the legislature has stepped in and uh, they're going to try to do something about it. I'll ask you this final question, Richard. Do you think it on both sides it's just a political move? Um, or do you think um, that, you know, by God, if we don't get this, you know, there's going to be people not being able to make it? You know, I've lived on this earth too long to say that there is a political component in everything that happens in our society. (laughs) But I will say this. Chris Funk, by the way, is a she, not a he. I'm sorry. And and she is uh, the executive director at at the Center for People in Need. That organization works with a whole bunch of people that need help. And if Chris Funk says that we have an unmet need, and we could use this money, I'm going to take her word for it. So I don't think she is political in any way, shape, or form. I think all she's doing is just saying, hey, people, you don't realize that we still have a problem, and we have people that need some more help. All right, Richard, appreciate the call. Well, I'm not. There's no doubt that Chris Funk uh, probably, absolutely, is stating her case. Um, the only thing I would say against that is a single source of information. You know, um, not necessarily not bad or good. Um, my, uh, remember, my contention is 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 we can afford this, right? And uh, we don't need to have uh, programs specifically for this because we can afford it, and uh, people are are getting back on the mend. Um, so I would say, you know, if this if there's a real need, if there is a crisis, uh, that is something the state lawmakers uh, can figure out what to do with all the money we have given them over the last couple of years. Let's go to Ben on line two real quick. Hey, Ben, I got hey about there. two minutes. Okay. I just I, I appreciate Richard's comments, but I guess my issue, I, maybe I agree with you. I'm not sure. Maybe you agree with me, I should say. I just feel like we've had these handout programs, you know, and it's constantly dangled that if you get these people back on their feet, they're going to stand on their own and become contributing members of society. And there are a lot of people that that's, that is the reality, right? They need a help. But I, I guess I'm just tired of these programs that never end. Right. And, you know, the constant, there's just a constant influx of money and the, 
pretty soon the returns are zero. We're getting nothing back for that. And I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm a proponent of helping people when they need a hand up, you know, need to help up, but just dumping money into programs. That, that's, I guess, what, yeah. what I have a problem with is just the, the endless supply of need and not, you know, and not getting anything in return, right? Not actually seeing communities and groups uh, um, and people actually start to take ownership and do good things with that that help, and now I'll turn around and, and be able to contribute back. That's, right. that's my concern. Yeah. Hey, good call. I'll make some comments when I come back on that. But, uh, yeah, appreciate the thoughts. Uh, well thought out. Thanks, Ben. All right, uh, we're going to take a break here. 1499.3 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 1499.3 KLIN. All right, you never know uh, what it's going to do. We're still on rental assistance monies here on a talkative Tuesday. Let's go to Dan on uh, line one. Hi, Dan. How uh, you doing? Hi, Commander. Hey, good, good, good. Hi. Good. Yeah, um, just real quick, you know, with the uh, uh, Nebraska having the lowest unemployment in the nation, uh, that means there are very few people who don't have a job, for one. So uh, there's few people who, not very many people who need a hand up. And for those who are perhaps underemployed, there are there are so many jobs out there. Um, the company I work for, we have dozens and dozens of jobs, you know, 20 bucks an hour minimum with little um, requirements and full benefits. Uh, there, there are ways that people can build themselves up without just sitting uh, back and, and waiting for someone to hand them something. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the data and the numbers speak to that pretty clearly, um, and that's why I'm kind of curious as to kind of why the the big fight over it. Uh, and kind of like Richard said, I guess it's just all politics to some degree. Um, but, hey, I appreciate the call and thought and, uh, yeah, we'll just keep talking about this in the second segment. Appreciate it, Dan. Thank you. You bet. Um, well, Ron, Johnny, we'll get to you uh, in the second segment here uh, in about five minutes. So if you hold on the line, we'll get there. Um, yeah. Show's turning into rental assistance debate. 1,499 3 KLIN. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Drive Time Lincoln with the commander, Jack Riggins, on the voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. All right, Talkative Thursday. We're making up for whatever Wednesday, 1499.3. I am Commander Jack Regan's host of Drive Time Lincoln, and Johnny Cadillac is on the producing board, as always, usually, mostly. Uh, this rental assistance uh, throw out, because I just kind of th- threw it out there saying, hey, who's who's interested? What are you interested about uh, Lincoln-Lancaster County amongst a billion other topics? And this one has stuck today, which is interesting. Um 
Richard's weighed in. Ben, Dan, I'm going to comment on Ben, Dan in a second. I'm going to get to our next caller, though, because callers have been lining up waiting to talk. So, uh, Ron, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, Commander. Now, you had a show going here today that is a little more on the fiery side than some segments. So <laughs> that's good. Here, my comment is about a little bit about Richard's call. Now, I really like Richard's calls when he calls in. He's a really good communicator. He's specific. He's obviously knowledgeable. But one of the things he said today that I, I think is uh, it's inaccurate and I think inappropriate. He labeled the three of the governor candidates, just used the word billionaires, and I think I'm paraphrasing, but I think in general he was saying uh, individuals like that, in this case three men, maybe don't really have a clue about what makes the world go around and consequently maybe aren't properly uh, considering the needs of uh, lower-income individuals. I would just say, I think it's it's always inappropriate to label anyone based on, on a generality of their economic status, whether they're on the billionaire end or it's someone on the that needs temporary or permanent public assistance. If if they're in the out there fighting uh, to lead us in the in the political uh, arena. Let's evaluate them individually on specific criteria and not dump them into some some big broad brush pots. That's that's all I'd say about that. And great show, Commander. Well, I appreciate it, Ron. And good thoughts. I'm gonna comment on that here. Uh so uh yeah, you have a great day. Yeah, I I mean you guys noticed I kinda <laughs> I kinda talked uh to Richard about that a little bit. Um and and like Ron, I enjoy his calls. He's very uh, thoughtful, educated, articulates it well. I thought that was a little out of character for him um, to say that. Not not because uh, it, there was a little spite in there. That's what I was sensing. I think that's what Ron was sensing. Um, I I do agree with Ron. Uh, we we don't have to judge a book by its cover. Whether you know, it's made a lot of money or it's dirt poor. Uh, you know, we judge based on, you know, running the candidacy, the person, in this case, the sitting governor, you know, his policies. Um, and I, I would not say I could not tie the governor's stance as he's articulated on this show and in many other uh, mechanisms very clearly why he made that decision uh, at all to do with his personal wealth. I don't believe he's out of touch with uh, everyday people uh, because of his financial status, uh, nor do I probably, well, nor do I feel that, you know, Charles Herbster or Jim Pillen is in this case, because that's what Richard laid out. Um, you know, could you imagine if it was a Democratic governor um, of uh, medium means and uh, everybody, you know, that's got a good paying job and, uh, and, you know, companies around the state were constantly hounding saying, you know, that person doesn't understand what we go through because we're a billion dollar company. And, you know, that, that governor is of medium means. I mean, it's the same type thing, just the opposite. Right. And it's just kind of silly. Um, like I said, the governor looked at data, he's articulated it 
looking at need and um, also clearly understands the boom of which our tax money is in the state and so feels that uh, we can handle the issues of people in need within the state without taking essentially a federal government handout. That's his position. Um, But nonetheless, Ron, I mean, I'm happy to let people call in as long as they're not dropping F-bombs or something like that where we got to hit the stop button. (laughs) I'm happy to let people say what they want. And and my guess is Richard's just fired up about that. I thought Ben's, you know, uh, brought a real interesting perspective where he talked about, you know, tired as a taxpaying citizen of endless handouts. And I think that there there's a real sentiment there with a lot of people that have um you know made their way up through our system and you know whether it's you started with nothing and you know you've gotten into the middle class you raise a family or you know or whether you sustained an empire of of jobs corporations and then created more jobs right um there there's a sense of working hard and earning your keep in this country and a sense of hope that you can rise beyond where you started. And I do think that uh, when we get to different levels of handouts and, and different, you know, to help money, it can get very frustrated, you know, because there are people in need. There's no more people in need in in Lincoln, Nebraska right now than there was during the pandemic or before the pandemic. I mean, it's there. It's how we handle it. And to his point of return on investment or creating, you know, creating this situation from where people who are down on their luck and down on, you know, life are able to get assistance and then move to a point where they no longer need assistance. They're active, positive members of society and hopefully potentially right now able to turn around and give back. That's, I think, where we don't, you know, we don't necessarily do a lot of success. So what do we do? I mean, we find endless programs to find more money just to give money. And so there's definitely a piece of a welfare state in our country on a lot of different levels. And that frustrates a lot of people. I, th- I think that's a fair assessment. Now, Dan talked about uh, unemployment, right? Numbers being low and the fact that there's still a lot of jobs out there. And, and so there's jobs for people to go get, right? So there's there's really no reason when you look at the status of our uh, state and what we're seeing that, you know, people can't be getting up on their feet. And again, my contention is, is that we can, you know, we can fill in these gaps um, no matter what you're hearing out there. We just have to legislate better. We have to make better decisions. And, and you know, case in point in that is one of the texters was talking and talking about didn't, you know, haven't we um, given a lot of money? To a lot of things lately? Well, yeah, here, here's what I can find in a quick notice. Okay, interesting. Now, doesn't directly deal with the needy, but we'll get there, and, and, and it will. Okay? But I want you to know this, right? Southeast Community College and their STEM program, meaning, you know, creating uh, the educational standards for people in the technical communities, got $4.5 million, right, from the city. $4.5 million went there, right? On top of that, right, Sandhills put in $5 million towards the same program. How awesome is that, right? Nebraskans helping Nebraskans. Successful companies helping Nebraskans, right? 
So that program, we're going to assume a lot of young people or people making a change in their jobs, right? Got a boost of $9.5 million, half of it, over half of it from a private company, right? That's Nebraskans helping Nebraskans, okay? The city and our funds gave $12 million to local businesses for workforce development. The city gave another $12 million in federal stimulus to agencies for skilled workforce training. Okay, folks, I want you to think about that for a minute. When in the history of Lincoln, Nebraska, have we had $24 million given to us by the federal government? That's on top of our tax money, you know, locally, to help get people working. The truth is, times have never been better to go get a job and to get trained to do things. Right? I just gave you almost $35 million given by the city and what i really like is sandhills and their 5 millions going to sec because that brings me back to what i think works which is people helping people maybe looking at public private partnerships to help these problems right because this habitual long-term federal monies being doled out across our nation for whatever it is, is like the war on drugs. It hasn't worked. It has not proven to the money we put in to get a return on investment in essentially big federal handouts to make significant changes in our society. But what has? Local people helping the people right around them. right? Whether that be done between, in this case, Sandhills, right? reaching out, working with legislatures you're locally to find those public partnerships to be able to take someone in need, have some standards, and move them you know, from that time of need to housing, to job, to sustainability, you're done, right? That doesn't come with big federal money. Now, we're going to continue to do it, I'm sure, but seems silly to me. Uh, let's go to uh, Johnny on line three. Hey, thank you for taking my call. You bet. I just thought, you know, yeah, uh, I, you know how I feel about the death penalty. I'm not really a big fan of it, but if there was a bill, uh, to, uh, let's say if we could pass a bill to get some of these catalytic converters, to use a public ed- uh, uh, execution, I think I might be able to get behind that. <laughs> uh, what, I, what I was thinking was, if, if we could take them down to the Pinnacle Bank Arena and uh, strap them to a car during uh, the Monster Jam, you know, the, the monster truck. Uh, yes, show, yes, and let the truck. I, I think I could get behind a bill like that, yeah. <laughs> Johnny, Johnny, real quick, have you had a catalog converter stolen lately? Uh, no comment. Okay, no comment. <laughs> um, listen, this is, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, though. This is a big, this is like an astronomical problem that I know LPD and the sheriffs, they've 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 cracked into it a little bit, but all last year I covered this extensively. I mean, you you, you can't even say a hundred percent increase. It's through the roof, and I know they're you know we've done some things legislative. They're trying to stop it, but it it's a terrible problem. And I appreciate you bringing it up. I don't know if we can get the death penalty for it, but what I do like is your death penalty idea: strap you to a car and let the monster trucks land on top of you. That's a new one for me. Um, without a doubt, listen, and, you know, I haven't 
I'm always watching the police numbers and talking with officers and, and members around that. You know, we haven't fixed our Manning problem. It's, it's that simple. It's not, uh, it's not something that appears to be of importance to the mayor and the new chief. Um, and what you find when you talk to the experts that have been in the field in a long time is that with our city getting close to 300,000, the magic number where crime starts to go, you have to be positioned right with the number of officers and the modernization techniques to be prepared to handle that, or you essentially slide backwards in crime. And I know that certain crimes uh, went, you know, went down last year a little bit and certain crimes went up burglary, you know, catalytic converters, you know, shootings were about the same. So we really, really need to invest in our law enforcement and LFR. I mean, you know, when it comes to those type of things that protect our communities, to me, they should be world-class. They should have world-class people. They should be funded right. Um, and, and by the way, they should be five years ahead of the curve. Okay? They should be five years ahead of the curve. Because if you don't have a law and order, uh, you don't have anything. And that includes the people that prosecute them and you know our adherence as a local community to the laws that we set forth. Um, you start to degrade on that. And you start to have cracks in the ship. And uh, and at the same time, listen, folks, I'm not talking about a police state. Listen, there's a great program. I'll talk about it real quick in Denver, Colorado, where they've got uh, mental health teams. They have a lot of vets and some other people that are working and going out on mental health calls opposed to a cruiser and taking an officer off the street. And it's actually working really well. I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan if we had mental health teams um, that could answer those calls um, so that officers don't have to come off the street and deal with those. Because I think that's a win-win for the individual and the surrounding area. It's being handled by the the right group of people. And, of course, it doesn't take uh, a uniformed officer off the street for however long it takes to do that. And clearly you can train people like Denver has and I'm sure some other cities to uh, obviously recognize if there is a real threat and and to get the you know the uniformed officers over there to deal with that, but you may want to take a look at that because that is a new not alternative that is a new addition um, to help bolster your security status in a city. Okay, all right. Let's go to Dan on line one. Dan, welcome to Drive Time Lincoln. Hey, thanks, Commander. Hey, uh, crime must be really bad if uh, if uh, longtime caller Johnny is ready for the death penalty to stop it. And and I think that um, Adam Morfeld will make this county Lord of the Flies if he's elected, because it'll be it'll we'll, we'll stop prosecuting criminals and start prosecuting people who uh, make the laws and enforce the laws. And um, also, I wanted to comment on that uh, rent assistance and. Uh, utility assistance, I think that federal money is our money, So, and it, it goes to the landlords. I think that if there's, if there's a risk for uh, left liberal uh, politicians to put in new, uh, new uh, rules that landlords can't evict and, uh, and, and uh, utility companies can't collect, then we want to have that federal money that's our money, get it back and protect uh, the the, the the system as it were and i think that 
the, the big problem isn't that um, we're, we have these the social safety net for Americans, but I'm afraid that uh, a lot of uh, illegal aliens come in and also take this uh, money and get on this system and really bankrupt it. So I think we can't have an open border if we're going to have a social safety net. And I think that we deserve a social safety net. Our grandfathers, grandmothers fought World War II for that social safety net. That was promised to them before, during, and after that war. And uh, that nobody should starve like they did in the Great Depression. And like the, this whole uh, COVID uh, economic impact, we didn't have any bread lines and we didn't, ha- we didn't lose a lot of people to starvation because of our social safety net. So we have to protect that. So that's my opinion on those things. Also, we, I, All I right. So, hey, real quick. So you're, you're a fan of getting the money from the federal government for rental assistance. Um, I, I would like to, to know more angles on it and then uh, see it. But I think that's our federal money. If it doesn't go to Nebraska, it's going to go somewhere else. Well, I can't so disagree with you on the fact that it's definitely our money, right? It's the United States yeah. taxpayers' money. And so it's going directly to the to the landlords, I think, and, to, and then it goes to the uh, utility companies. And these these both of these uh, uh, institutions had uh, laws or rules against them to evict and possibly to cut cut off um, uh, cut off power. And all right, hey Dan, I gotta go. I got to go. Thks for the call. 14993 KLIN. You're getting the 411 from DTL with Commander Jack Riggins on 14993 KLIN. All right, finishing up Talkative Thursday, uh, making up the whatever Wednesdays for you. Um, looking forward to next week. Johnny here's got an announcement. Uh, but next week we will have Deb Shore on a Monday. Lauren Garcia going to talk uh, state education and some of the issues going on in the legislature with education. Um, hoping to have Jim Pillen on uh, next week. That's in coordination. And uh, possibly John Cook, Nebraska volleyball coach. Um, hey, I don't know. Uh, rental assistance. People are fired up about it a little bit. A lot of different takes there. Um, in the end of the day, we'll all watch how it plays out. Uh, I don't think we need it. It's uh, that simple to me. I think that uh, we can handle things right here in the city. Johnny, what do you got for me? Well, you said how uh, packed our show will be next week, but we still have a show tomorrow. And uh, it's my honor and privilege to announce that tomorrow's guest will be our friend from One Shot, One Life, the other show that I do some producer work on. Doug Fitzgerald will be our guest on the show tomorrow. Not a not hosting in your place, but he'll be in here in studio to talk with us. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to it as well. We're going to get to know Doug Fitzgerald a little better tomorrow. As you know, he oftentimes covers the show, Drive Time Lincoln, when I'm uh, out and uh, does his own show. So Doug Fitzgerald tomorrow on Drive Time Lincoln, 1400, 99.3 KLI.